Father, we humbly come to you knowing that you are almighty God, that you are eternal, you always have been, you always are, you always will be. There was no beginning with you and Lord, we want to bring you glory in all that we do. Father, I just ask that you would bless the preaching of your word, that you would meet the people, that they would leave feeling a sense of your presence and just a desire for more of you and to worship you and just be in awe of your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, church, as you know, we've been going through 1 Timothy, and, you know, one of the things um, as I prepare uh, for Sunday, you know, you think that you're going to be in the next verse. You know, I do expository preaching, which is you get a book of the Bible, and you go verse by verse by verse through the book, and that could be a really good thing, but then it also could be uh, a a bad thing, as in when I was just continuing to get ready for this, the Lord just put it on my heart that, hey, we need to put 1 Timothy down, and we need to look at the glory of God. So sometimes we can get so focused on the things that, that, that we're supposed to do in life. Maybe as parents, we take our kids to school or to practice, we provide uh, meals for them, and, but we still think there's something missing, there's a relationship missing. So we know all about our kids, but we forget to know our kids, to talk to our kids. And sometimes this is how it is with the preacher. We, I am preaching, I'm telling you all about how God wants us to live, but we sometimes forget who God is. And so this is going to be Something where we're going to look at text, and I hope that not only myself, but I hope that you are just fed and you meet God where you're at and you are in awe of his glory. So we're going to be in various texts. The message is entitled, The Glory of God. And so if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Psalm uh, 66, 1, starting off. And so this is a... A glorious start off. And so the whole desire of our message is that we are just in awe of God's glory. You know, when Mary and Martha were uh, with Jesus, Martha was going around doing all the things. She was checking all the boxes. And there Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus said, Mary has chosen the better way. And so I've been like the Martha trying to, you know, structure things and teach things. And this is how the Lord wants his church set up. But I feel that God is saying, no, you need to be Mary right now. You need to sit at my feet. You need to bask in my glory and my greatness. And so church, that's what we're going to do. And so I hope that when we leave here, you'll think, oh man, I just feel rejuvenated by the glory of God. Let me read this to you, Psalm 66, 1. Shout for the joy, shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. 
Give to him glorious praises. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. And so that's what we want to say is that when we're looking at this, we just want to say, God, you're so good. Your deeds are amazing. We want to shout for joy to our God and all the earth. Psalm 8.1 says this, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. I mean, think about that. God's glory is above the heavens. See, sometimes we forget that we serve Almighty God. He's not to be debated. He's to be worshipped. He's to be glorified. And when we get his word, we look at it and we honor it. We seek to please him all that we do. See, sometimes I, and I assume that you, we forget that we serve the God of the universe, the almighty God. And the Bible says that how majestic is his name in all the earth. And he set his glory above the heavens. And so I hope that we are just overwhelmed with the glory of God as we read his word as we look at scripture as we see how the Holy Spirit used the psalmist to pin these amazing things about God's glory I hope my prayer is that just washes over you let me read this to you Psalm 145 verses 1 through 10 I will extol you O my God and King and bless your name forever and ever Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. That's what we do. You know, you have an older person teaching all these younger kids. That's what just happened over in our Sunday school class is that we had a generation declaring the mighty acts to another generation. Verse 5, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and of your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful. Is he gracious and merciful to you? Do you feel when you sing to the Lord, is just his grace and his mercy, does that wash over you? Do you remember what you were like before you were saved? His grace and his mercy wash over us. He is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Isn't it amazing that our God is steadfast love? You know, sometimes our love for others goes up and then down, up and then down. Our God has a steadfast love for us. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all and that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. Amen and amen. We serve a God that is eternal. You know, Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God. And so here's the beautiful thing is that our God has always been. There is never a beginning to our God. And so sometimes I think we forget that. When we come here and we are singing songs to him, we forget that we are serving the God who has always been. He is eternal and he always will be. And guess what, saints? We belong to him. We're his 
And so we bring him glory. When we sing to him, we think, oh Lord, you are eternal. You're glorious. You're majestic. Lord, help me to focus on you because I truly do believe these things. We bring our glory to an eternal God. But now let's look at God's glorious handiwork. Look at Psalm 19.1. See, here's the beautiful thing is that we live in this world where God has made. And we look up and we can see his handiwork. Psalm 19.1 says this, The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. You know, the city that I come from, you cannot see God's handiwork in the skies because of man's invention. It's called the light bulb. So we live in a city or we come from a city of around a million people. And so when you go outside at night, it's pitch black. There's no moon. You look up and you see nothing. You don't see the stars. Every once in a while, you'll be like, wait, is that, is that, oh, no, that's the airplane. We can't see God's handiwork. As we look up, we want to see the stars. But now we live in central Missouri, and so my question to me as well as you is what keeps you from going out and looking up at God's handiwork? What keeps us from saying this, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. What keeps us from going out and seeing God's handiwork? What invention here in central Missouri keeps you from going outside and looking at God's handiwork? Because here's the thing is that God's handiwork is there for us to bring him glory. So when we go out there and we see these amazing stars and we look up and we think, oh man, I just want to bring you glory. At the end of our road, there was a street light, you know, a dust to dawn light. And I wanted to see the stars and I'm a little bit jaded coming from Bakersfield I wanted to see the stars, and so we got out to our farm. There's no lights except for mine, and I'm the one paying for it. So I call the company and say, hey, could you please turn off that light? They said, not a problem. Well, one month went by. Two months went by. And I was like, I want to see the stars. I want it to be totally pitch black out here. So you guys know I like to climb trees. So I called them. I just called and I thought, I said, hey, is it all right if I climb that pole and turn off that light? They said, no, sir, no, 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 don't climb that pole. The next day they were out there, they turned off the light. It is pitch black out there and so now I can go out there. I went out this morning around five in the morning. I looked out and you could see the stars. You could see God's handiwork. And I will tell you, see, he has put that there to bring him glory. So if you're going through life and you're having a hard time, I will tell you this, is that God's handiwork is all around us. His, his, his handiwork is in the skies. And so if you walk out there, man, just look at that and understand, you serve the God who made that. It's his handiwork. So you may be thinking, Rusty, what are you asking us to do? 
Well, here's what I'm asking us to do is to become captivated with God's glorious handiwork so much that it causes you to burst forth Psalm 19.1. Hey, guess what? The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. I want us to be captivated with God's glory. You know, a lot of us have kids. Have you ever had a child burst into your house and say, Mom, Dad, you've got to see this. Come look at this moon. It's red. Or it's so bright. Or come look at these stars. We want to be like that child. We want to burst outside and look at God's handiwork and give God glory. Give him praise. My parents were visiting with us a while back and in California, it does not rain that much. I mean, I think we get seven to nine inches a year. Sometimes here in central Missouri, we can get that in an hour. And so they were visiting, and uh, they were staying out in our, in our little camping trailer. And, and, you know, one of those amazing Missouri thunderstorms came through. So imagine this. You've got these... City folk out there in this trailer, they don't even know what lightning or thunder is. And then this storm came through, and I'm talking one where it was rolling thunder. And uh, I thought it was so funny because I knew my dad was probably getting freaked out out there because he thinks of like tornadoes and we're all going to die you know, we think out there, uh, California, it's earthquakes. Well, out, out in California, they think, oh, it's tornadoes. You all are going to die. And so it was really windy, and this massive thunderstorm comes in, and my dad is a little bit of a worrier anyways. And so he's like, are we all going to die? And it was one of those thunderstorms that just rolled, just kept going. So I thought it was so funny in the morning. I was like, hey, how did, how did you sleep? He's like, not well. It was like rolling thunder. I will tell you, I love the storms that we have. I love lightning and I love thunder. The kind that will freak you out. That's right over the top of you. Because what it does is that puts back in me a healthy fear of God. And it reminds me of his power. Because when I see that and it, bam, it hits so hard, I think, whoa, I serve the God who's in control of that. And then when the lightning comes crashing down, I was walking to the house the other day. There was a storm. It seemed like it was right over the top of us. So much I told the kids, hey, listen, let's go inside for a touch. So I was trying to get something, and I was walking in. And as I was walking, I was thinking, I will, I'm probably going to die right now. I think I'm going to hit my lightning. I was thinking what it's going to be like to wake up in the hospital like, you know, a month from now. And I'm like, what happened? Oh, you got hit by lightning. So I was just walking like waiting. Because you know you're not going to know when it hits you. You're just going to get hammered and a month later you wake up. But I love to see the handiwork of God's storms, the lightning and the thunder, because it just makes me glory in his in his handiwork, in his presence. Let me read this to you, Psalm 29, 1 through 8. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders 
the Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. When you, hear the, when you hear the thunder and you see the lightning, I hope that you think about your God, how his voice is like the thunder, how he is powerful, how his voice is like flashes of flames of fire. So when you see that, you think, man, that's the God that I serve. I want to glory in his presence. I want to worship him. I want to be with him. That's the God that we serve. So as we study his word, we don't want to forget the God that we serve. The God that's made all the stars, that he's made the moon and the sun. I don't know when's the last time that you were just enraptured by a sunrise. Or you saw a sunset and you thought, man, I don't care what is going on in my life. I'm going to bring God glory. Because he's worthy. No matter what is going on, I'm his. The one who made the sunset says that he's got me forever. No matter what happens, I'm his and I want to bring him glory. With everything within me, I want to bring him glory. Psalm 8, 3 through 4 says this, When I look at your heavens... The work of your fingers, the moon and the stars with which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him? I hope that when you look at God's handiwork that you are humbled. That you're humbled and you realize that God is the one who's on the throne. He's the one in control. And then there's a humbleness that comes over you that you say, what is man that you are mindful of him? Lord, what is it about me that you even care about me? Why do you care about me? See, we don't walk away thinking he doesn't care about me. We are just so humbled and we cannot believe that the God of the universe, the one whose voice is like thunder and like flashes of fire, the God who created the heavens and the sun, the moon, the stars, the mountains, the rivers, the ocean. That God cares about us. And I could just say that to you and say, yeah, Rusty, okay, I don't know if I feel that. Because you know what? Lately I feel that he's forgotten about me. Because everything that I'm going through I don't feel that he remembers me. Well, let me remind you of the glorious grace of God. Let me remind you of his love for you. See, our God is so good that he wanted to put every aspect of himself on display so that we can see all of his glory. And one of his attributes that we 
worship is his grace. His grace. See, here's the thing is that God died on the cross to demonstrate his love for us. To demonstrate his grace and his mercy. Let me read this to you. I hope this just floods over you. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 through 14. This is all about the glorious grace of God. See, we can be enthroned. We can be just overwhelmed with the glory of God. See, non-Christians, people who don't even know God can experience his handiwork. They look up and they're, they can't believe it. But they're able to experience it. You have been to the ocean when you look out and it's just, it just seems like it goes on forever. Or the mountains of Colorado, just huge peaks. See, even the non-Christian can enjoy those. Even the one who does not believe in God can enjoy his handiwork. But see, us Christians are different. When we see his handiwork, we're drawn to worship. We're drawn to bring the one who created those glory. And then when we see our God who brought glorious grace, it draws us to worship. Verse 3, Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to his counsel of his will. So that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Saint, here's the thing, is that the God of the universe, the eternal God, he created you. He knows you. He knows everything that you're going, going through. You might be a teacher and there's all these different feelings that are going through you thinking about school starting. God knows those things. 
or you might be going through a sickness, or you might be longing for a child. See, God knows those things. He knows everything about you. And know this, that he's put his handiwork right in front of you so that you will think about him and then you'll bring him glory. And he put Jesus Christ on a cross so that Jesus' glorious grace could be on display. And you are to be on display as one saved by God. I hope you feel loved. So what's our reaction? What's our reaction to this truth? So what do we do about it? You know, we understand it and we actually do see his handiwork. How does that change us? Because Rusty, I knew all that coming in here. Here's our reaction. Turn to Psalm 95. So this is, this is our reaction to the glory of God. This is our reaction to his eternal glory. His glorious handiworks. To the glorious grace that he's bestowed upon us. This is our reaction. This is what we say. Psalm 95, 1 through 6. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also his. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. That's our reaction. So when we see God's glory, we say, you know what? I just want to worship. I want to spend my whole life worshiping God and everything that I do. Everything that I do, I just want to bring God glory. And we could be like the psalmist who wrote in Psalm 71.8, My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. That's what I want to be able to say for my own life. If I was gone, I would want people to say, oh, you know what, he actually, you know, this is a good way to describe him. His mouth was, was, was always filled with God's praise and with his glory all the day. And if I'm preaching your funeral, I want to say, you know what, this saint, their mouth was filled with God's praise and with God's glory all the day. That's what they were consumed with. Because saint, what else is there? What else is there? We've, we've experienced it in this nation America, we have so much money and so much free time. And guess what? People are miserable. They've experienced all the inventions, everything that gets in the way of the handiwork. In California, you can't even see the handiwork because of the inventions. What's our excuse here in Missouri? We can see them. What keeps us from being just in awe of God's handiwork? I will tell you, I'm sure some of you guys that, and gals, 
that have been on lawnmowers or tractors, man, you're just out there. It's a spring day or a fall day. That breeze is just coming through. You're mowing the lawn and you're thinking, oh, I love Jesus. Oh, the, I can't believe that he loves me. And there's just overwhelming sense of God's presence. And there you are on a New Holland TC40. And you just think, I could die and go to heaven right now. And guess what? Eventually you will. And you want to be looking forward to that, thinking whether you're plowing a field, baling hay, driving to Jeff. You guys who drive to Jeff early in the morning and late in the evening, man, you have a chance to see God's glory in your uh, visor every day. Man, the sunrise is there and the sunset is there. And I would just encourage you, man, slow it down on Route C. And just, uh, there's no reason I need to get home so quick. I'm just going to slow it down. Drive 58 miles an hour. Everyone chill. Lord, man, it's glorious. And look at those cedars. Oh, look at that deer. Man, you made that, Lord. Oh, look at that sunset. It's amazing. Oh, look at the rain just wash over us. Man, just be enthralled with God's glory. Turn off an invention. Enough. I mean, how much more information do we need? Podcast galore. We get it. We understand it. We just need to be, we need to give God glory. Turn it all off and say, Lord, I've just got to give you glory. Slow it all down. Get the inventions minimized in your life and just say, oh, Lord, help me. Help me because I am not doing well. I'm struggling in my life. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I hate what I do. I'll say this. It's not a job change that you need. It's a heart change. It's no longer running after the things of the world. The inventions, ah, oh, they're just endless. But it's sitting back and saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the handiwork. Thank you for the, the creation of marriage and my spouse. Thank you for my kids and my grandkids and the, and the stars. Lord, thank you 